Welcome to By the Ghost Light. I'm Ryan. I'm Cassie. And I have thrown Cassie off because I started too quickly. It was so fast. It's so fast. I jumped the gun uh, almost as quickly as... See, this is more what I'm used to because usually we do our clap to get in and then Ryan sits there in silence trying to figure out how to start the episode. Almost as quickly as Fan of the Opera extended their run. Again. And no one was surprised that day. And no one was surprised that day. Uh, We're going to bring you the news of the Broadway world and why it applies to our little podunk corner of the world. Um, We're going to start with Broadway-related news because some awards were handed out. Best Musical Album of the Year following the footsteps of the Bridgerton Musical last year, which won the Grammy last year. Just last year. That was... Uh, just 12 calendar so, months ago. So this is a this is a moment where time ceases to be real for me because I mm-hmm. know th- this is like this is our 15th episode, right? Yes. Which means that we've been doing this for like I can't math, 7ish months. 7ish months. Work? Yeah, 7 seven-ish 8 somewhere months. in there and talking about it a little longer. Yeah. And 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 I know that we talked about the Bridgerton unofficial Bridgerton musical early on. I don't remember if that was an official episode or if that was like a precursor episode. And I'm sure it was like a little ways after the fact. But to sit here and be like, the Grammys have now announced the next cast album doesn't feel real. I think it's because our episodes are so spaced out, right? Yeah, probably. And we try probably. to get to the news and then it comes out a little later. And then by the time we record again, it's been a couple weeks. Like if we were doing this weekly, we'd have to be getting paid. <laughs> true who were the nominees in this category do you know do you remember um best musical album i know this year i know that strange loop was in the category i know mj was in Mm -hmm. the category into the woods obviously so like there i've got half of them which i think is pretty good there are three more i know there are three more i knew them at one point Somebody made a TikTok and listed all of them. Mr. Saturday Night. Right. Caroline or Change. And the live recording of Broadway 6, not to be confused with the West End cast recording, which was done in studio. And Into the Woods won, so that means that Sarah Bareilles won another Grammy. Uh, and so did Brian Darcy James, Bettina Miller, and Philippa Sue, amongst others. Um, so that was cool. Uh, Lin-Manuel won... A couple of Grammys for Encanto, because of course he did. Because of course he did. And Viola Davis became an EGOT. Sure did. The hard way. Yeah, all on her own talent, not like sneaking any in on a producer credit. Sure. And all in like dramatic categories too, yeah. right? She wasn't like a bit role in a uh, comedy that got a guest award, right? Like she did all these dramas and won the big awards, Yep, which is really, really hard to do. So good for her. First performer to EGOT since Audrey Hepburn completed hers, I want to say it was like 29 years ago was the article I read. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So good for you, Viola Davis. It is something. But we have more news because uh, some more shows have been announced for the Broadway. Uh, One that uh, I am very excited to see. And I'm actually curious, Cassie, because I don't think we've ever talked about this film, you and I, ever. 
Okay. Film, going to Broadway, La La Land. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say a statement that on the surface might sound a little strange. Go right ahead. That's what we're here for. <laughs> La La Land and James Cameron's Avatar occupy the same space in my head. Mm-hmm. Because when they came out, they were each huge. Everybody was talking about them. It was absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. And or then was. they stopped being in movie theaters and they got through their award season and then everybody stopped talking about them. Sure did. La La Land. I like it. I like the film. I like it too. I, I, I saw really it. Enjoy I enjoyed it. it. I thought when I saw it that oh, this is going to end up on the stage someday. I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure how, but there's enough to it. Like, there's an old jazz bar. Like, there's all this stuff. And it's an, uh, you know, artists trying to make art and make connection at the same time. Like, this thing's made for Broadway. Yeah, I I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a great love letter to the old movie musicals of the, you know, 40s and 50s and 30s, you know, that era. And I thought it had some really great performances. Mm-hmm. That tap number that they do, yeah, along the, at the sunset, the highway, the sunset, along, yeah. With they the only bench. had oh, so good. They did that in like three takes, I think I read somewhere, because mm-hmm. the sun was setting, and <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> that's how that works. That is how that works. If we come back tomorrow, it'll look different. Yeah, and I'm I'm intrigued to see how the story adapts to. The stage. Yes. So I want to do the talk about adaptation from uh, screen to stage. But one more thing about La La Land. Who produced that film? Who produced that film, Cassie? What man? I don't know. Some dude named Mark Platt. Oh. Oh. So you know he's going to have the Broadway lined up. (laughs) Does Ben Platt just get to do it automatically? Is that how that works? It might be. Okay. Uh, well, it's ben an Platt's, older role, so he could. But Ben Platt's doing parade right now That's, on Broadway. He's doing so. fine, doing fine. Um, but uh, screen to stage. Uh, here's something that I did not know existed: a filmed version of Spirited Away live on stage to appear on screens this spring. They put it on, on stage, right? And then they they filmed the stage version, right? So now you can they're going to release that to movie theaters. Well, that's going to so cool. So you can watch it. I didn't know there was a stage version. I didn't either, but there's a lot of things that go on in Japan that I'm not aware of. That's fair. And then it would have to get translated and all of that. But, you know, there it is. It exists. So that's great. And that's really all there is to say about that one. Have you uh, heard anything on the TikToks? I know you're very active over there in the theater I... news world. I am. Um, I think we've hit the big ones, and I know we have other things to discuss tonight. Mm-hmm. So we, we might sure catch do. you up on more Broadway news next episode. But right now, Ryan just closed a show. Strike, 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 strike. Okay, now it's newsies. <laughs> Good job. Look, the that thing was about a transition newsies. worthy of Beth. <laughs> The thing about Newsies is that at the end of Newsies, you have to strike. So it's just children chanting strike for hours. That tracks. If ever 
I needed another bit of proof that theater is a cult. This is it. <laughs> Done. Absolutely. So yeah, so you just closed Newsies Junior at the middle school sure where did. you work and I got to go see it. Yes, you did. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Have uh, I single-handedly, in the span of 90 minutes, changed your entire opinion of junior musicals? No. Okay, that's fair. But I will say that (laughs) Newsies Junior is the most palatable of the junior shows that I have experienced thus far. There you go. That's high praise. It is high praise. Um, I think that they actually did a decent job adapting it. It was not 60 Minutes, though. It in was no, not in no version of the world is no is, version is of the junior world. sixty minutes. So I was thinking about that after I edited our junior musical episode. Um, and MTI claims that these are sixty minute shows. They are not. No, at all. Like no, I've never done a junior musical and gotten it to run sixty minutes. I think the fastest I ever managed was just shy of eighty minutes, and that was like we were speeding through that show and there was no intermission. But yeah, uh, yeah. Did Newsies Junior? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of work because it's a big show and everyone dances all the time, and that's hard when they're all twelve. Yes, I was impressed with your cast. They were all having a good time, and that really showed through. And I think that that's very important, especially when you're doing a production with middle schoolers, because. When you're doing theater with with students that young, it really is about instilling a love of theater in them. Mm-hmm. And it's about building that sense of camaraderie. And so you want to see that they are having a good time. Yeah. It, we try real hard to make them enjoy it. But, you know, it's that fine line between like, why are we here? Are we here to have fun? Are we here to learn about the art? Are we here to put on a good show? Are we here to not be home are we here because we needed something to do with our friends like it's a it's a public school so uh you know any student from the school can just show up and audition and um uh i don't have to cast everyone like i've never been given that mandate which is which is nice that my mandate has been include as many as you can uh Mm -hmm. using my own discretion which is really great and i understand that not every public school theater teacher gets that right um but it was good it was a good show i will say i think it was one of our better ones that i've done there i've done 10 there now and i think this is probably top three um the kids worked really hard uh we got to tech week and i wasn't a hundred percent sure exactly what the show was going to look like um but they they pulled it all together and they Gave it one final burst of focus that last week. And uh, once they realized, uh, oh, we have to do this to people there's in three days. There's going to be people here? What do you mean there's going to be people? We have to, oh, oh, okay. Um, and I came closing night and there was a very, you know, enthusiastic, receptive audience. Chase and I somehow found ourselves seated in the middle of like one person's entire extended family. Perfect. And like we were there first. And they all went around. And you. then they came in and they sat like in front of us, to the side of us, and behind us. Perfect. And I'm like, there were empty rows. Mm-hmm. Enough sure for were. all of you. Like, 
So they were all like talking to each other across me and Chase and Chase and I were just sitting there like, this is fun. We're enjoying yeah. this. Yeah. There you go. Middle school theater. Um, but we had, we had over 500 people in two days. Which is really great. Which is really great. Um, I mean, you saw the, it's a decent sized theater. It's a decent sized space. It is. You know what? I would do, her. I would take that space for Horizon any yeah. day. There's very limited wing space. I have yeah. no flies, and I really only have like a dozen, maybe 14 uh, front lights, and that's pretty much it. And the acoustics are less than stellar. Yeah. But it's a good space, and you can do a lot in there, and I'm grateful but for what But it's a stage with a curtain and lights. It is un- unfortunately not an ADA stage, though. Mm-hmm. Because it's literally 90 years old. There's a bomb yeah. shelter beneath it. A literal oh, bomb cool. shelter. Yeah. Depending on what door you walk into, there's a, a fallout sign over the door. Cool. It's we love that. Yep. Uh, the original high school from the 30s or whatever. And we get to use the space to rehearse in as well as perform. And then we share it with orchestra teaches classes in there during the day. But we don't have ADA accessibility to that stage. So I've had a, a, a couple of students in wheelchairs audition, um, which really sucked because I'm like, yeah. I li- like, I literally can't. Yeah. I have no way. I can't get you on and off the stage. Everything back there is steps. I There's no, like, even if we figured out a way for you to do it, like, you can't do it safely. There's yeah. no way. If there was an emergency. Yeah just can't um which sucks we do what we can um but on the other hand it is nice to be able to pick and choose a little bit um because it does give the students a little bit more buy-in a little bit more understanding of oh i got picked to do this oh i need to take it seriously which is hard when they're you know 12 yeah it's hard sometimes when they're in high school too i i stage managed a show when we were in college for a high school that just did let anybody in who auditioned. Like if you auditioned, Mm -hmm. you were in the show. And so I ended up stage managing this production of Hairspray with a cast of like 85, 90 students. That's stupid. Who didn't care because they were just there to hang out with their friends. Like they hadn't worked for what they had. They just showed up at auditions. Right. And it was, it was hard. Mm-hmm. at times to like get them to take things seriously. I mean, there were several students in the cast that I was proud of for different reasons, whether it was their first show or they really needed this to grow as a person or a couple different things. Um, but I was really proud of several of my leads, but the young man who played Jack uh, had never performed on stage before and you would never have known you would never have known i was i was very impressed by him too like the the only thing as i was sitting there was okay the part's a little out of his range slightly um, yeah just there were a couple slightly times. it's just slightly yep. too low for him yep. but like other than that he held his yep. own against against everybody else on that stage yeah. Um, I sure told you did. this after the fact. My favorite of your actors was the girl playing Racetrack. Race is the best character in the show. Yes. Like that is the part you want to play. She was just having the time of her life She's every so single second. 
ever, she was like that from day one of auditions. She walked into the room and walked onto the stage, and I went, oh, we're going to have fun, aren't we? And then found out that she could move decently and could dance, mm-hmm. um, and then hit it off. She hit it off pretty well and pretty quickly with uh, Tim, um, so she became our de facto dance captain. Yeah. Uh, which is great because we didn't have one, and it works out better when you do. Uh, but Tim wouldn't tell her <laughs> that until the show. That sounds about right for Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good. It was a good show. I was proud of the kids and made it all the way through. And now we uh, and finish strike, and then we'll go back next year and we'll do a do it again, do a different show. Um, probably another junior. There's a lot of new juniors out. Uh, we'll talk about it in a couple of months. Um, I'm sure once we get to that time. It'll probably be July or so that we'll we'll talk maybe about season selection or show selection at that point. And at that point, I can reveal what Horizon is actually doing. Unless you're going to guess. I thought it was time to guess, Cassie, because I've got some guesses all lined up. Yeah. So last episode, you did guess Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster and the Music Man. With them uh, reprising their roles. Reprising their roles and then Death of a Salesman for my straight play. And I told you that you were right, but again, I was lying. Cassie, you got to stop that. I know. I know, but I won't. So we're not actually doing either of those. Ah, oh, boy. I, so it's time for okay. a new guess, Ryan. Okay. So at some, at what point in all of this do I get a hint? Oh, at what point do you get a hint? Follow up, like how many more episodes of this do we have before they're actually announced? That's also a great question. I have originally, no idea. I have no idea. Um, originally we were going to be announcing our season for the performances of Shakespeare, okay. but I'm trying to, I'm going to ask the board to do it earlier than that, okay. because I want to announce our season before the schools announce theirs. Okay. So that would be like sometime in May then? Yes. So probably sometime in May. So that'd be like three months. So that's like, I have to do this like six or seven more times, I have to guess. This This bit was your idea. Sometimes past Ryan was not nice to present Ryan. Oh, boy. All right. All right. Do you want want a clue? I don't know how helpful it will be for you. Give me a clue. And okay. then maybe maybe our uh, listeners can play along at home and send in their guesses because that would be hilarious. One of the shows, yes. either the musical or the straight play, yes, is a show that Horizon has performed before at some mm. point in its 25-year history. Mm, yes, I'm intimately familiar with the entire history of productions that Horizon Youth Theaters put on. Yes, I know. So... Uh, that actually, actually, knowing that, uh, I have a, what I believe to be a fairly good guess. Okay. My first exposure to Horizon Youth Theater, I believe, was in a directing class my sophomore year of BGSU. I had no idea what HYT was. We had directing every Tuesday and Thursday morning with Sarah Chambers. Shout out, Sarah. You're the best. And we would take part of each class to talk about what projects anybody was working on. And at one point, the only person working on a project was Katie Grillo, and she was directing Peter Pan. Okay. Yes, I remember when that would have been. So that means, obviously, that you've gotten the rights to do 
the Mary Martin Peter Pan, which I didn't okay. even know you could do anymore. So that's really cool. Actually, you can. You can? Like, I know that you're doing a bit right now, but no, it's the Peter Pan musical. You can license. You um, can license the Mary Martin? You can, Pe- you can license okay. the Mary Martin version. Okay, there you go. Well, you would know. Because that's the one you're doing. I, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's the one you're doing. I will uh, gladly come in and uh, uh, do your flying for you because I know Horizon has so much money. We definitely have so much money and we definitely have a fly space. Yep. All right. So it's Peter Pan. That's the musical. That's right? the musical. That is the musical. Now, Peter Pan. Peter Pan's a large cast, I would say. Because you need, it's a large course. You need all the pirates. You need all the island dwellers. You need uh, everyone in there, right? And you can get a lot of understudies with all the kids. Hmm. So I think that means you would then do a smaller play, like a smaller cast play, something more focused. And I think that's how I got to Death of a Salesman last time, mm-hmm. um, which I stand by as a good guess. And I think my first guess was something Shakespeare. It was. It was Playground Titus Andronicus. That, um, man, that was a really good guess, actually. <laughs> oh, I can't go back to that answer. Okay. Uh, I've used so many good ones already. Uh, I believe your uh, play then is enough other places around here have done it so that all of the props and costumes and puppets needed would be readily available, hopefully, um, because Horizon does not have money, and that informs every one of my guesses. So you are getting to do, finally what Horizon has wanted to do forever, which is She Kills Monsters. Ah, yes. She Kills Monsters. Yes. You got it right again. That's amazing. I'm so and good I at promise, this, Cassie. I promise I'm not lying this time. I absolutely believe you. Thank you, Cassie. You're welcome. But you know, Cassie, show selection is so hard. It it's, is, man. It's so hard to pick shows. You're telling me. And there's so many things that go into it, you know, from if you get to know who your cast, like who your audition pool is ahead of time or who your production team is ahead of time, what time of year it is, if you want to do something Christmassy or you want to try to line something up or what space is available to you, how many weekends you get to do it, how much money you have or don't have. Um all of these things, and that's just for, you know, the shows that, you know, like you and I are in the situation where we get to say, I want to do this show, and then we get to do that show. Plenty of other places, it's, you know, shows are pitched to committees, and then committees select, and then directors are chosen later, and that's a whole other process. That's not really how educational theater works. Usually, the person directing the show gets to pick. However... Public schools, particularly, uh, oftentimes the principals and the school board get a say, for better or worse. Yeah, it's usually worse. It's usually worse, but it almost always comes after the fact. Yeah. And that is what we have just seen uh, at Cardinal High School uh, in, I think, outside of Cleveland, right? Is that, is that right? So. Outside of Cleveland. So this hits pretty close to home for us, literally. Uh, an Ohio high school cancels uh, its spring production of 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee production following concerns about LGBTQ characters is the title of this article from Playbill February 2nd. Now, I have heard since then yes. there has been enough outcry 
that the production is back on. Yes, the production is back on. There was enough outcry, including from original cast members like Jesse Tyler yeah. Ferguson and um, this thing picking up national news. Um, and there was, yeah, this is not this First is not time a new recently thing. this has happened. No. Um, I, this is this is probably the third instance of this I've seen blow up on such a scale mm-hmm. in the past, like, I'm going to say six months. Yeah, it's happening a lot right now. I, and I wonder how closely tied it is um, culturally to banned books. Oh, I'm it, it's I'm sure it's I'm it's, positive. I'm it's positive. It's got to be the same same group of people so, not being happy about things. So here's the thing. If you're not familiar with 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Um, I got the opportunity to see this in New York when it was off-Broadway. Awesome. Um, not with the original cast, but almost with the original cast. A lot of them were still a, a part of the cast, but like mm-hmm. I didn't see Jesse Tyler Ferguson. He had he had moved on at that point. Um, I didn't see Celia Keenan-Bolger, but I did get to see Mansfield Native, who I actually did a show with when I was in high school, Jenny Barber, play Olive. Okay, So that nice. was pretty cool. It's actually why we went and saw that show. We didn't know anything about it, but we knew that Jenny Barber was in it, and we had the Mansfield connection. So we're like, well, go. we'll go see the okay, show. Okay, cool. And we loved it. We thought it was phenomenal, and it is a musical about an elementary school spelling bee. It sure is. Now. Not played by elementary students. No. It is adults playing children. And I will say, there is some more mature content in the sure. show. Um, there's a song in it called My Unfortunate Erection. Sure is. Uh, that a prepubescent boy or heading into puberty age boy sings because he gets distracted while spelling a word and that's why he gets out. So he sings a whole song about it. Um, at one point there's Jesus represented on stage briefly. Very briefly. Very briefly. Yep. And there's, there's a couple other like bits of language here and there. Mm-hmm. However, it's really important to note that the licensing company that provides the rights for Spelling Bee to schools yes. has a version that takes that slightly more mature content and rewrites the lyrics, you know, of the song that people might find questionable, mm-hmm. you know, that takes out some of the references, you know. And so the only thing that would be left in the school edition of this show that could possibly be highlighted as not being family friendly is the fact that one of the character has two gay dads. And that was that was the the message from Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Um, because his was the one that I saw when I really became aware of Mm -hmm. this going on. Yeah. Yeah. I work in a library. And so I am familiar with with the book challenges and the book banning. And I am familiar with the groups of people who are making these claims. And I am familiar with what titles they are taking issue with. And it is LGBTQIA material Mm -hmm. by and large. Yep. That's what people have a problem with, which is absolutely ridiculous. I'm just angry that the school board and so many school boards kind of kowtow to the people who are making this noise. Yeah. It happens so easily and quickly. Yes. It happens so easily. Three or four people. Sometimes it's not even three or four. Sometimes it's just one, maybe two. Just get really loud and really public about something. And then damage control starts. And that's the initial response. And that's the only response. And then after damage control happens, in this case, 
you know, reverse damage control happens when it blows up to national news and you've got Broadway stars and Emmy winners commenting on your district's uh, inclusion policies. Like, right, right. So they, they, the end of this is that they are getting to perform probably with author edits. We don't actually know much beyond that. I'm going to keep an eye on this. I'm sure we'll hear more as it comes yeah. out. But it's just it just sucks. It just sucks so much. It is so frustrating because if you're going to say no to a show for whatever reason as the school board, then you need to say no to it when it's proposed. Yes. Take and I mean, you yes. still shouldn't. Like, that's still a stupid reason to say no to this show because this Spelling Bee is a great show. It is, it is so good, good for show. representation for kids. And I'm not even talking about, like, gender identity representation or anything like that. I'm talking about just representing kids who are different, kids who don't fit in. I took an educational psychology class in college and I actually used this musical to write a paper. Oh, good. Yeah, it works out well. Because it is like you have the perfectionist who's held to an impossibly high standard Mm -hmm. um, who wants to fail because she's tired of being the best at everything because that's her whole identity and she doesn't want it to be. And you have the kid who has too much parental pressure um, and nothing she does is ever good enough. And then you have the kid with the absent parents who aren't there to support her. And then you have the kid with the parents who don't really believe that he can do it. You know, like you've got such wonderful representation of all of these things that kids are going through that they get the opportunity to see on stage. So it's ridiculous to ban this show at all, ever. But if you're going to do it, then you need to have the director say, this is the show I want to do, have the school board review it, and if they've got things that they take issue with, say, no, you can't do it for these reasons. But if they approve it and then parents get angry later on... They need to stand by that first decision of we reviewed it and we said, you know, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. There's all sorts of reasons for people to say no to these shows. Apparently, the line from uh, Cardinal Schools, uh, from their superintendent, was the show's dialogue and song lyrics contain vulgarity and are therefore not suitable for our preteen and teenage students in an educational setting. Which is a sentence I basically had said to me before mm-hmm. about you know, shows that we can't do or why didn't we change this or why did we do it this way or why didn't they tell we tell them it's like well we tried we gave you the script we gave you the recording or we wanted to let you know or whatever I've been told no um, but the, also the director I, I worked with in a, uh, a different school district was told no on a yearly basis basically mm-hmm. um it just kind of became a running a running joke of well let's propose this show first because we know they'll say no and then by the time we get down to the third option they'll be too tired to say no right like yeah it's it just sucks and i would i mean i'd rather have them say no ahead of time than during or after the fact right? yeah but, then you're like in the midst of yeah rehearsing you know we're it's just frustrating and it's frustrating for not just for the teachers that have to deal with this but for the the, the students like this is their whole thing this is it right and yeah. then and, gets pulled away and i am lucky the group that i work with i i pitch my show to the board and i've worked with this group long enough that the board trusts me mm-hmm. and so even if there might be a thing here or there that individual members of the board you know don't agree with or you know whatever 
they trust me to put it on stage in a sensitive way or mm-hmm. they trust that it's important because I think that it's important. And I know that I was really nervous the first time I proposed a show that was really going to push back at that because while I was in Virginia, the group did um, Once Upon a Mattress. Yes, I was here for that. And the board, different board than I'm working with at, yes. at that point is this, this, it's a, it's a board of parents, of, of parents enthusiastic parent volunteers who leave when their children graduate. So this was like long enough ago that it's almost entirely a different board now. Um, but this board approved Once Upon a Mattress because the pitch was, yeah, it's this musical that's based on the princess and the pea fairy tale. And they're like, oh, that sounds great. They did no research into it. They did not read the script. They did not listen to the music. They're just like, sounds good. And then when the show was cast and into rehearsals, there's a song in Once Upon a Mattress um, that's, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's it's basically like the birds and the bees. It's the father yeah. Yeah. talking his son through what happens on your wedding night. And members of the board were shocked and horrified and like came to the director and said, can you take this song out of the show? And the director was like, no, we can't. That's not how this works. Because of copyright. Yeah. And also read the script before you say yes or no to it. Right. That's on you. That's your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, like knowing that that had happened, um, the year after I moved back, when there had been like this big changeover in, in most of the leadership, and I wanted to do 13, but I knew that there were issues in 13 that some of the parents were going to have yeah. a bit of a problem with. Not because kids don't deal with those things, because they do, but because sometimes parents don't want to believe that their kids are dealing with those things. Sure don't. You know? Sure don't. Yeah. And so I was really nervous, and I made sure in my pitch to the board that I was like, hey, this is everything that this show talks about. This is the language. These are the conversations. These are the scenes that happen. This is why I still think it's important to do this show. And this is what I'm going to put in place in auditions to counteract those concerns that parents might have. Which is really all you can do is try to be proactive and upfront about it and give people time to wrap their heads around it. I had perusal scripts available. I had a place for parents to check on the audition form that they had read the script Mm -hmm. and were familiar with the content. My letter in the audition packet outlined all the content like I I said that the kids had to be 12 to audition. Mm-hmm. You know, I did absolutely everything in my power to avoid having that later confrontation of, well, I didn't know that this was better because you did because yeah. I told you. Yeah. And I'm sure people still get mad because people like getting mad about things. So that's our uh, how to pick a show. But uh Get it past your sensor, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still working on that one. I'm still I'm still only doing junior musicals uh, over at the middle school, but I figured out how to do it. So I could literally pick any junior musical and they would let me do it. It, it will be a much shorter list because a lot of them are crap. Right. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Would like to take a moment to uh, thank Paris, the Ghostlight Theater Ghost, for taking a short break from being the Ghostlight Theater Ghost to come be my middle school ghost uh, for Tech Week and the show. Um, so we were able to have a friendly theater ghost for the show. Yeah, I thought I saw his influence the night I was there when the house lights wouldn't go out. 
Yep, that was Paris. Uh, Paris had one job. Good job, and, Paris. Uh, Paris, I don't want to say you're fired, but um, I might have to find a different ghost next, next year. I'd say that Paris can come be the ghost on the production I'm in right now that goes up next weekend, but I'm pretty sure the Ohio Theater already has a theater ghost. Probably several, honestly. Probably. That place is so big. So maybe the more the merrier. Maybe Are you coming to see Tempest, mayor. Ryan? I am coming to see Tempest. I'm excited to see Tempest. I spent an hour with friend of the show, Pat Mahood, last night. Last night? Pat Mahood. Last night, uh, working on uh, some of his Prospero monologues. He wanted a, another set of eyes on it. I'm like, oh, absolutely, man. Anything to do Shakespeare. Uh, and I'm excited to see it. It'll be great. Yeah, it's been an interesting process because this is CTW's entirely student-led production. Mm -hmm. So it is directed by the students. It is designed by the students, built by the students. The only adults involved are acting. Yeah. It's an idea that I feel like every educational group has at some point, and then it just doesn't happen. So I'm really glad to see it happen, but also like mostly waiting for the stories. I will share them, but probably not on the podcast. Yeah, some things cannot be said into a microphone. Listen, it's a learning experience for everyone involved. I'm sure. I'm I came sure. in very late to the the which show, might so make it which might make your stories better. It might. It so might. the show goes up know. in a week, and I've been part of the cast for two weeks, and the rest of the cast has been rehearsing for like two months. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, but they lost their Alonzo early on, and they just hadn't been able to get a replacement. Uh-huh. And I had uh -huh. told Chase and Pat, I was like, if you get super, super desperate, I can step in. And there so, like, go. two weeks ago, they're like, we're super desperate. And I'm like, cool. How many lines does Alonzo have? <laughs> the answer is, like, 40. It's not that bad. It's not so. too bad. Yeah, that's fine. You can sit around the rest of the time and kind of watch the madness happen uh-huh uh -huh. so that'll be good <laughs> but it should be a lot of fun it should be a lot of fun thanks for listening along with us this week uh hopefully you've gotten something out of this even if it's just uh stories and a couple of laughs or maybe a little bit of rage at the state of public schools in our country you can back us on patreon over at ghostlight media um all the other shows on the podcast can be found at ghostlightmedia.net uh, and we would love to hear your guesses as to Cassie's upcoming season. Let us know over on Twitter or our Discord server. Well, that's all for us this week. My name's Ryan. My name's Cassie. And join us next time by the Ghost Light. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.